What is up, Fazed and friends? Welcome to the podcast. Once again, I am Mr. Buffy, and I have my best friend in the entire world, Mr. Spronk, here with me. Spronk, how's it going? Oh, that changed last week, actually. But What's up? Still, well, still number one. You are still number one, Spronk. It didn't yeah. change last week, White. It was actually, it changed the week before, and then you made that outrageous pizza take, and then it dropped you back to number two. So in the end, Spronk's still number one. White, I'm not going to give you a number, but there's only three of us, so you can do the math. Anyways, gentlemen, how's it going? It's good. Uh, some time off. It's been nice. Cleaning my house. Yeah, this is a long weekend edition, hey? When, when does school officially start? Is it Thursday? <laughs> yeah, that would be tomorrow, Spronk. Thursday, yeah. okay. okay, just making sure. Anyways, um, big news today. Uh, we have a very special guest joining us for the entire podcast. This is not an interview. This is the entire podcast, but I thought we should introduce some. Um, hanging out with us today is the one-time fantasy football champion, Mr. White's former assistant principal, Mr. Buffy's former PE teacher, and Mr. Spronk's former basketball coach. You know him, you love him as assistant principal, Mr. Riar. How are things? Loving it, loving it, loving the five days off. It's been a wonderful time and looking at young faces on my screens here and you guys uh, remind me that I'm old when you go through an introduction like that. Uh, just so all our listeners know, it's uh, White, myself, and then Spronk, but his Spronk's kids in the video. So I'm assuming uh, that's the young face he's looking at because I'm looking at Josh's and yikes, five <laughs> days off. Very young. He's not done you well, buddy. <laughs> he's fit though. He is. He's Crit prison fit. Uh, not really. This weekend has not been good, but yeah, we'll see. You get back to it today. No, the week it's been. Uh, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be on this show. I've listened to the podcast. I caught up a little bit, as you, as you know, and and you guys have done a wonderful job bringing a lot of very important school issues to to the students. And if they could just tell two friends, and they would tell two friends, we'd have almost eight people knowing right away. So. <laughs> Oh, which reminds sure. me, actually, shameless plug time. So Fazed and Friends now has an Instagram account. So uh, throw that a follow. It's just Fazed and Friends. No spaces, no dots. Just Fazed and Friends with a PH. Throw it a follow. We have a few. I don't know. We have a few follows. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, yeah, uh, we, we are like our listeners. Right now. Our listeners are jumping up. We, are, uh, we have moved up. Uh, the grad episode actually got a lot of hits, which was good. And I think they kind of got their content from that. And a lot, I think a lot of people liked hearing Miss Latursky talk. And uh, so I think we're hoping to maybe double that with you. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, kind of jump right in here. Uh, we have a few questions for you because re we'll, we'll explain why you're on the podcast in the first bit. But obviously explaining to us that we we you have taught us in some way. Uh, we want to know how you got your start. Where did where did you start? How did you start? Why teaching? Was there some professional sport you wanted to do instead, but you had some massive knee injury or like a catastrophic injury that sidelined you? So you're like, ah, I'll go into teaching or what's your story? Um, you know, I, I love sports. And in the back in the day, you would get the, the paper delivered to the house and I'd lay on the 
I read the, the sports section. They had the the uh, the the results in the paper. You could break down the box scores. You know the old baseball box scores. I could read those things for days. And I just love sports. And in grade eleven, by grade ten, eleven, I thought I wanted. My dad was a teacher. I want, thought I wanted to be a teacher as well. Um, and he worked hard. My dad was, you know, he he was one of those guys who did night school two days a week and um, six weeks of summer school teaching typing. And he was and that didn't interest me, teaching typing, although I am a business minor, um, but I love sports. And I knew I wanted to be a phys ed teacher in grade grade 10, grade 11 for sure. And um, but my problem was I wasn't really good at one sport. Like I could pick up a tennis racket and hit a ball back and forth and play badminton, but I would never win or be part of a team. But I love coaching. I love getting involved in coaching. And that started it. I started coaching high school basketball in grade, first year out of university and uh, helping out at at my alumni school. And uh, it was a good opportunity to get going. So that started me. And what is that now? So that's let me guess, 1980. So we're 1980 is when I graduated. So this is a big year. Uh, oh, this is my uh, 40th high school reunion. I just realized that. Wow. <laughs> so any any big uh, plans? What high school did you go to? I went to uh, on the south side, uh, Harry and Lee. It's a, it's a wonderful <laughs> high school. Oh. Um, actually, I'm a, I, I, and it's funny when you go being a being a coach and being a sports guy. I always follow. Like when I look in the scores, I look for the scores of my team. And, and not too long ago, they used to print the scores in the paper, and you follow your high school. And that would be you need the whole goal was to get the scores right away for everybody to follow. And um, so I would follow them a little bit. I'm always happy when they do well, but I, you know, I'm never happy happy when they do well over us. But you you still like your alumni, and Buffy, you know what that's like. And Mr. Blue Devil over there, I can see that. And I see Paige in your eyes there, Mr. White. So <laughs> you always have your alumni that you're going to follow. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, I, it's funny you mentioned that cause I used to, I used to do the same thing. I, the paper, I remember looking at the scores in the paper and my mom would used to cut out like, Oh, Harry Ainley volleyball beat like Emmy Lazert or something like that. Right. In the paper. And my mom would always, uh, cut out the scores. This was pre-internet kids. Well, there was internet, but you know, not as fancy as it is now. So, yeah, I was coaching at the time. You used to have to actually, you used to have to call two people. You call scott from metro or it wasn't metro at the time but tell him the score and then you call the journal and you'd leave a message and say the score of your game too and then hopefully it'd be printed the next day did you uh did you ever lie about the score spronk did you ever say like did you ever lose a game but phone in and say no 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 uh, we actually won i never did but there were some wrong scores in there quite a few times actually notice them but based off riar's grin it looked like uh it sounds like you've done that riar no, no, I, I've never done that. But it was, I, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but we, it was somewhere in Spruce Grove. We, it was a 962 number that we always phoned. And that was, you knew the numbers off your heart back then. And that's how you took care of business. And everybody kept track. And people would phone each other and saying, hey, who won your game? Because that made a playoff instead of being able to follow on online. So, no, and then I, um, yeah, I, I did five years. I worked in the restaurant industry. I was loving working in the restaurant industry. And I was graduating, and my they said at the time, do you want to go into managing a uh, it was a like an Earl's type restaurant and get involved with them? And it was like 
I should actually try this degree thing and see what it looks like. And so, and that, and so that's what happened. Tried that and Edith Rogers, five years, a couple years at Queenie, long time at, um, at East Glen and five at Ainley and then nine at Page. And this is already my six years completed here. So nine, nine years at Page. Holy moly. Nine years. Yeah. I didn't I, know that. I never tried to leave the school. Like I never was like, oh, I need to get out of here now. This is a time to go. And it just worked. And I remember, you know, even leaving, leaving Eastland was one of the toughest moves. And Paige was the same, same way. You, you develop so many good friends when you're teaching. As you guys know, I mean, I mean, Buffy, you're lucky you teach with your best friend in the whole wide world. And you also have white. white. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And, then, and then I have white. Yeah. Um, no, you, no, okay. you, you actually mentioned it pretty uh, earlier on, and I kind of have a theory about this with phys ed teachers. You mentioned that like you weren't like a superstar at one sport. You were just really good at everything. And I, my theory is, is that most phys ed teachers are kind of like that. I know I'm going to throw my name in this hat. I, uh, I'm not a, a massive superstar. Like everyone has their sport that they're very good at, and that's probably what their like mastery is. But for the most part, it's <laughs> you didn't have one. Basketball wasn't your thing. Hey. But uh, no. I think most people have like a well-roundedness of all sports that like you can pick up a football, a tennis racket, golf club, anything like and and do it really well versus the one person's like, sorry, I only know how to play ping pong and that's it. Right. Yeah. And that actually worries me with these families and who, who really try to focus just on one athletic event for their kids. And they said that we're going to make our kid, we're going to play you know, basketball or volleyball or do this all year only. Um, we're losing out on opportunities to really learn about our sport through other sports. And that's always so phys ed to me, you guys, you know, I, I'll drop by a phys ed class anytime and get involved if I can. You guys know that. And uh, I try to drop by a Spanish class once in a while, white, but that doesn't seem to work out well. Um, he gets but, lost in translation. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think we're we're very fortunate. I, I'm very fortunate. Teaching phys ed to me was the best job in the world. Like, I love what I do now. This is this is great work. But teaching phys ed, there was that captured audience in front of you that you had fun with them. You could get the kids involved. You had, you know you could joke around with them. There was a fine line from crossing the line. But you you worked with it, and you you had an opportunity to work with kids who, for some kids phys ed was never fun for them. And I was always hoping that no matter what, every kid came into my phys ed class, they'd leave thinking it was a great time. I loved being in the class. So uh, that was my goal in teaching, that when kids finished with having a class with me, that they thought I treated them fairly. And uh, so I tried to carry that part on in what I do now too. Well, uh, it's kind of funny. So Mr. Rear, you were my assistant principal for all three years. And, uh, Luckily, I didn't really ever have any uh, encounters with you. Um, well, negative ones anyway. Uh, but it's funny how that came back. Because I remember when I came for my interview to teach at Scona, you were the first person I saw in the office. I walked into the office and boom, you were right in front of me. I don't even think I knew that you were an assistant principal there. Um, and I thought to myself after that, I was like, wow, imagine if I had caused a bunch of trouble in high school. Imagine if I had caused a bunch of trouble and then come face to face with Mr. Riar going for a job interview. So to me, that kind of just shows how things can come full circle. And even though you think uh, you think things might not come back to bite you, if you're not careful, they could. I thought that was interesting. I thought that was funny. Well, hold on, White. I was in the same position, but I don't think I was that great in high school. So I think I had two interviews with Rio. No, actually, only one. One interview. Yeah, but that was my. It was my first teaching job. You'd been around the block as a teacher a little bit when you did that. So 
was also a terrible interview. Yeah, it wasn't strong. It wasn't. <laughs> was it? Was it? Was it the uh, interviewer or the interviewee, uh, Riar or Spronk? No, no, no. It, you know what? It was the. It was a combination of. I think it was. You came to us in October, if I'm not mistaken, or mid September. Yeah. So it was just sort of like, okay, there's this position out there, and we need to fill it. And Josh was a good candidate, and I think he came in. He knew Mr. Vanchenhoven from his youth, if I'm not mistaken, right? You knew him for a while. You coached. You coached at when he was principal at Eastland, and so yeah. knew me from before. And it became one of. It should. It was. It was good. It was okay. It was a good a little average. Uh, you know what? It does. You, you think it would be easier to go in with people you kind of know, and I knew Riar. But when you go in, then it's all business. It's really. It was really awkward. It was super awkward. So. You think it'd be an easier interview, and also I wasn't expecting the questions that they asked at all, and there was a lot of questions where I didn't have experience in what they were asking. So I know it was a tough. Me and Spronk were actually hired within the same week, so there's a conspiracy theory for you. We were hired within the same week, uh, and we had just coached together at Page the year before. Trust me, White. No one so. asked me. No one told me about that because it might have went different. Your name did not come up in the interview at all, White. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, for all you know, I put in a good word. Yeah, you could, yeah, you could have. Come on, true. With all my pull of never having been hired with the school board before, <laughs> I, I had all the pull in the world to get you hired. <laughs> okay, well, I, I wasn't going to say that we were going to interview White until after the interview, so you took the job first. So I'm glad you. I'm glad that worked that well. Um, yeah, good call. Yeah, so that's fair. That's fair. was it a me and uh, me and Spronk after every basketball game, we would just argue for two hours about what we should have done differently. Like, I would just after every game, I'd put my hand on his shoulder and I'd be like, "We need to have a talk." And then we would just, I would just criticize every single coaching move that he made. <laughs> After every win but one. We only lost one game that year. That was a great season. That was a love, that was we, fantastic. We won a senior tournament in See, Bucks. I thought you guys had a, yeah, great. a duo interview, kind of like in Step Brothers, where you guys sit together in your tuxedo shirts and you interview together. Hello, little lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And we said, if you if you if you're gonna take him, you take me too. And that's the Catalina wine mixture was you guys yeah the Catalina wine that was good. Anywho, um, <laughs> we are on the school news. Uh, I know it's a long weekend, but what does the rest of this week kind of shape up for it? I know most of our listeners are probably gonna listen to this on Thursday or maybe Friday, but maybe take us what the next week or so is gonna look like. Well, we're, we're hoping this long weekend students took some time for themselves and, 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 and their family. And, you know, it should be uh, their yards should all be perfect by now, helping out around the house and, and having that time. But Thursday and Friday are catch-up days. Students should be looking at uh, opportunities to reconnect with teachers if they're falling behind. It's not going to be any new releases of work. Um, we're now then, so that pushes, pushes us to starting of next week, which will be one month until the last class is over june 26. so we'll go for until about june 19th teachers will continue to release new things and then the last week of school we'll also use to just finalize and hand in projects so 
that it, it, I can't believe we've been going at this this long. You know, if you think we basically started April 1st in, in the classroom, we're almost done two months. Um, I've heard some really positive comments from staff and students. You know, we come out of spring break and teachers are learning how to do something for the first time. They're changing it as they go along. And now we finally have a rhythm. We're going and I'm hoping the kids can jump on that wave and not fall behind in the next three weeks to really to really concentrate and get things done. If you're in grade 10 and 11, I'll speak to you guys. It's really important that you have that strong base um, for for next year. And if you're in grade 12 going to university, you heard already that they're going to be going online classes for the majority of their classes for one for at least the first semester. So what can you learn right now to bring to your classes in, when you go to university? Um, and I think that's important. These are skills that they're going to need to know. Can you find a spot to work? Can you work quietly? Can you find a classmate to work with on your homework? So it's exciting. The last, it, it's exciting because this is new um, and it's great because we're all doing it together. So you always have somebody to ask a question. Has there been any talk through the higher ups that uh, the school might be opening? I know in BC, they're opening up again on June 1st. Has there been any discussion there that you know of? Well, that's a really good question. Um, first off, I thought I, in your mind, I was the higher up, but whatever. Um, I'll, I'll move on from that. I can get over that easy enough. But no, I, I don't. I don't think there has been. I think we're, we will always fo follow the lead of Alberta Health, and I can't see us. I know BC is trying some things and, and looking at it, um, and it'll be interesting. They did announce that they're going to run regular schools, you know, in September, starting the same way. I've been impressed with every two weeks, things seem to be changing in big chunks. So I can't see us coming back to school, but um, I will, I can't even guess what next September will look like. So I think this is a way we finish off for the year. Yeah, it's kind of a, an interesting way to kind of look about it. I was I was I was interested really I was hands, interested yeah. to read how the U of A brought back like online stuff, especially for our current grade twelves who are leaving. Like they kind of have an idea of what online looks like if the U of A is doing it differently or similar to what we're doing. But I think for a lot of these students, they're realizing that they're in a very very unique situation. Spronk talked about it last week and talking about how Scona has never shut down through two big wars and. Uh, some big events like this so a lot of them can sit back and say that they they went through something pretty significant but I'm not gonna lie the online stuff was tough to begin with but I think we're getting into the rhythm of it all and if we do come back into September to live classrooms I, I, I might even have to dust the rust off of online and get back into the swing of things but I think uh, a lot of kids have had a good positive response from it for sure. So we have this opportunity next year. We don't know where we're going to start. Like maybe we're starting classes at 9 a.m. till 10, 15, and you're supposed to be on, on your computer with your teacher next year. But that's still not going to work for those families who have lots of kids in the household and that's working. So let's hope we're back to normal. And, and if that's the case, we'll plan for next year. So if we are back to normal, there's a new schedule next year, though. Do you want to explain that a bit? Yeah, we're, we're excited about it. Um, we're, uh, for the most part, it's going to be a zero block starting Monday, Wednesday and Friday, all year classes um, where students will come in from eight o'clock till nine oh five and they'll have block zero. Um, the rest of the school is going to start at nine fifteen. 
What we're putting in for students is an opportunity for tutorials. So in the morning, we'll be running about 30 minute tutorials in the morning with students can come in and meet with their teachers and get homework help. And what we're hoping is, you know, kids take advantage of it. You know, I, I, I don't quite get something. I don't quite get how to do a proper push up. So I'm going to go see Mr. Sprung and he's going to work through the, the mechanical parts of uh, the mechanics of a push up. Um, it might be last resort. That might have to be last resort. Maybe go to somebody else first. Yeah, maybe, maybe go to Rolf first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but those kind of things. Um, but have an opportunity for kids to get help. And that's one of the things we heard from students is other schools have some tutorials and we've been sticking to tradition a little bit on how we run our school. And this is a big step for us. The block zero, we're gonna offer an English 30-1 class next year and block zero looks like it's a goal of biology 30. Um, we're hoping to encourage kids to take that class to free their time at the end of the day. So maybe you have a job, maybe you wanna do homework in the middle of the day so you can have time for uh, sports or uh, fine arts or any other things that you have going after school. Uh, the school day is still going to end at around 3.30 and the uh, lunch hour will still be 47 minutes. Um, Tuesday and Thursday, though, we're not going to start till 9.15 with everybody. Um, and uh, it's perfect opportunity. Thursday still a late start. Lots of really good opportunities for students to get help from teachers. But we think this is big. Is there still a possibility of uh, doing a phys ed 10? First, first thing in the morning as well. Yeah, we uh, actually this morning I was answering lots of uh, emails about phys ed ten and sports performance uh, fifteen about trying to run a class of those, and again with the understanding that uh, the kid would have time off in the day to do work and catch up. And if I'm a the same a top level hockey player, I want to keep my phys ed, but I also know that nighttime gets busy for homework. Maybe having eighty minutes or 75, 80 minutes during the middle of the day where I I can get some work done could really help me. You know, in high school, I, in high school, I, I tell kids all this all the time. You have to put in about 10 minutes of homework per grade level. So somewhere between 100 and 120 minutes per grade level, five days a week. So if you can knock off 80 in the middle of the day to do work, you're way ahead of the game. So if you want to be successful, that's what I like to tell kids. That that's sort of the, the number I would go with. The grade 12 should be spending about two hours of homework five days a week, you know, give yourself Friday, Saturday off and everything else. And you should be okay. It's not a lot of work in high school. There's work, but you have to be consistent. Just like they're learning right now. Like you can't let this online school go or you'll, or you'll fall behind. Mm -hmm. Anyway, hope that answered your questions about the schedule. That's it's exciting. That is actually really exciting because that's very new for Skona. Like uh, I've been at Skona for seven years now and I know we are, you're going on six and, like a big change like this hasn't actually come for a long time. I know a few years ago when we introduced the late start Thursday, that was a pretty big change for Skona. But uh, you mentioned it. I think the big helpful thing are those athletes or those people who are very busy after school. Like I, I teach some kids right now who on a regular basis have to leave 20, 30 minutes early because they have to get to hockey or uh, high performance skiing or gymnastics or trampoline and baseball, anything really. So maybe allowing them to bring that into their schedule earlier in the morning so they can kind of get out of school a little earlier or uh, could be helpful for them. So I think it's a big, big, uh, big thing. And I think it's positive that's coming this way. Yeah. And if you think two hours a day is a lot, I know there was at least some semesters in university where I was spending a lot more than two hours a day on uh, 
on on schoolwork and university. So really, I mean, it's it's kind of like it's just it's just getting you ready for that if you put that time in for sure. Well, take a look at Josh. How old are your kids? Your oldest? Ten. Ten. Okay, so he's in what grade? Four? Five. 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 So he should. That's all he needs. He doesn't need two hours of homework as a as a as a, as a grade fiver. He needs about fifty minutes of homework, and he'd be way ahead of the game. But it's putting it in. Anyways, so it's exciting. I think we're going to have some. Uh, I think kids are really going to benefit from it. Yeah, I think uh, especially for our listeners, if you have a brother or sister in grade nine coming into grade 10 in Skona, you should maybe consider them taking that uh, block zero sports performance or Fazetta. Maybe they'll help get our numbers up. But thanks for that on the school part, uh, Ria. That's good to hear. And I think kids will kind of listen in based off that. So, but really the big reason why you're here is, uh, for our listeners out there, a couple episodes ago, three, maybe four, Riar sent us an email asking who the greatest of all time is. And I know um, before your brains jump to, oh, basketball or hockey or something like that, he asked, what is the, who is the greatest of all time, quote unquote, the goat between Star Wars and Marvel? And I think that's going to be Wait, a big topic today go. is... Uh, you cued interest in us because I know Spronk White and myself we're, we're big fans of both genres and we're, we're excited to see your take, Riar. We actually haven't talked to you about this at all. Um, but I know some people are itching at this. So who wants to take the lead here? Uh, Spronk, do you want to jump in and introduce us, introduce us to your, cause you were the closest one here to seeing Star Wars live in the seventies. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Star Wars came out before I was born. I just want to throw that out. But uh, I think this is going to be mostly. Uh, it can be an age thing. But I'll I'll straight up tell you right now. I would I would go for Marvel over Star Wars, and a lot of that has to do with how uh, the new movies have gone. I have not been a big fan of the the new movies, and I know maybe uh, if you're a kid now, you those new movies are they were suited for you, not for me. So maybe you do enjoy those, but I, I like the Marvel movies much better. I grew up as a comic book fan, a big Spider-Man fan. I actually have Spider-Man number three, first appearance of the lizard. And my mom uh, used it to wrap up Kevin Kevin's birthday present. And it wasn't even my birthday. I didn't even go to his birthday. It was my brother, Mark. And he, she used half. So I still have half this comic book stapled together. It's worth thousands of dollars, not... Stable not your copy half, actually yeah so that is tragic i know so the marvel movies are uh i don't know they're fantastic and we can get into that later but especially the the culmination of all of them into end war and infinity war that's i think they're amazing uh spronk i liked what you said about generational and i i think i that's kind of where my take leads to but i'll get into that later so uh white what's your take on this because i know you're uber uber marvel uber star wars i know you probably lined up nine days in advance for the most recent star wars to come out so this is this was tough it, and i you know i i have a lot of hot takes about a lot of weird things yeah, I'm sensing and, a white. I'm sensing a white sauce moment coming up. Yeah, right I away. have a feeling you're gonna say like no, incredible. No, it's, it's not because I love I love both franchises. Look, I've seen, I've seen every single Star Wars. I watched the Star Wars shows. I've watched all the Clone Wars. I've watched Rebels. Uh, 
Marvel, I've seen all the movies multiple times. I saw, I, I see them on opening night usually. Like I am deep into this stuff. And it was so hard. I, knowing this segment was coming and having to make a choice was absolutely painstaking. Um, it's like it's like Buffy choosing between Spronk and me for his best friend. It's just he agonizes over it all the time. Uh, but for me, I at the end of all of it, based on a few different factors, mostly consistency and balance, uh, I went with Marvel. And I went with Marvel because really there's not one movie from that franchise that I can watch and not not enjoy to an extent, even the incredible Hulk, which is by far, in my opinion, the worst one. I, I still watch that and enjoy it. So that's my thing. They're all consistent. They're all good action movies. They have good humor. Uh, people will say there's not character development, but there is, I mean, in many ways, it's just, it is the story of kind of Tony Stark becoming more human throughout it and, and kind of uh, becoming his character development is actually quite interesting. Uh, but for me, it's got to be Marvel. I mean, there's some Star Wars movies that I really struggle to watch. Like the prequels, Star Wars Episode One, I really struggle with that one. And you know what? The fact that Star Wars has changed kind of intellectual hands a little bit, like with Disney taking over and things like that, there's been a lack of consistency across the Star Wars movies, in my opinion. And for that reason, with Marvel, for consistency, and I agree with Spronk, the payoff at Endgame, Brought tears to my eyes when that when those when that portal scene happened. Oh my gosh, that was unbelievable! Just everything coming together. Is uh is you mentioned the Incredible Hulk? Is that actually considered canon? I'm I'm assuming you're talking absolutely about the Edward Norton one and not the Ang Lee. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Edward Norton considered? one. It it, it yeah, is it actually is. Yeah, Iron Man actually and... makes a cameo at the end of it uh, after the it's... credits. It's oh, that okay. there's a lot of a lot of critics say that one and Iron Man 2 are the the big flops of the Marvel comic universe. But, but Iron Man 2 still made a boatload of money. Well, yeah, because it's Iron Man and it's Iron Man 2. And it was and early. I, it was super early on. Right. Like what was it? The third or fourth movie almost. So but but they, it's still like Iron Man 2 wasn't bad. Like you can say it was yeah. not as good as the others, but it like Marvel has not, in my opinion, pumped out a bad movie. And, and, and the Incredible Hulk. Well, it's not again. When we talk about it in comparison to the other ones, I agree it doesn't stack up, but it's not a bad movie. Whereas I look at Star Wars Episode One and Two, where I will literally physically physically cringe while watching those movies. Like literally, my face physically cringes at multiple points during those movies. I don't get that during Marvel. Rear, what about you? You're uh, awfully silent over there, considering you brought oh, this I'm, take I'm into. To, I don't. I'm trying to picture White's face cringing. Not a good, not a good look, um, but <laughs> I'm I'm like I, I get the Star Wars stuff because I you know I grew up in that that was the time it came out when I was um, growing up and it was big and it was neat. I think the thing with Star Wars though, you could feel yourself being part of that. You know, whether you were a superstar or not uh, in the show, you would be part of that group that was fighting. You're part of the Rebel Alliance, right? You're fighting against these guys. You're part of them. And you're not the you're not Luke Skywalker or anybody like that. You're just your own person in there. Where I look at the Marvel ones, the one thing that about them is there's these superheroes coming to rescue the people. So in Star Wars, I think people felt that they could be part of the group fighting the bad guys. In the other one, it was like the superheroes are going to save all the people. Saying that, um, I can't believe the end. Literally, the end game of them to think from the beginning of the story to the end game running it right through and you're seeing how it weaves and you're going, wow, 
unbelievable. I remember the, the last show came out and um, my son phones me and I've fallen asleep. It was 11 o'clock, so I should have. And the phone rings. He goes, we're buying tickets and do you want to go? It's a 10 o'clock show or 11 o'clock show on the first night it's out. And my wife so has answered the phone. She goes, he wants to know. I go, yes. And she goes, okay, your dad will go. How about you? And my, and my wife says, no, I don't want to go. She literally hangs up the phone and goes, what did I just do? Why did I not say I wanted to go? She just thought that it was, she couldn't figure out why it was so important. I think these movies have done that for us. They've given us something to, to, to hold on to and, 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 the, and the value of a story comes back to it all the time. So saying that, Star Wars was the first. They started this, but Marvel really upped their game. I mean, this it's unbelievable. I think I think that's the big thing too is they had planned out Marvel very well since the beginning, since the inception of Iron Man. They knew they had phases, and they knew it was going to come out to the big ending. And now they have uh, more phases where they're moving on. Where Star Wars, even though they started at Episode Four, I think George Lucas was a bit lost when it came to Episode One two and three and then you could tell he was lost in the last ones when it changed hands to disney well and uh, it's like i don't know if he was lost i think they just they gave him so much power like in those prequels like i think it's george lucas he's a he's a he had a wonderful story but the execution of the prequels was just the acting the over he, he overdid it with the cgi i think he got his hand on cgi and he was like this is amazing and then mm-hmm. he just did everything in cgi and it got insane well, that was and also I think they the... gave him too much power that was also like the the beginning of like some I, I like at where we're saying it now like as of 2020 was it good CGI? No, but for that era and that time frame, I think it was decent CGI for what they were working with considering that oh, was no, a right? big that was a big pivot point and all but um yeah, I have a lot of takes on this, but I want I want to hear you guys finish cuz I I kind of balance between oh, both. But. I, I, I I like the humor in in Marvel, one of the things I've always enjoyed is is, is you if you listen carefully the the, the one liners the, the the you know the back and forth it reminds me a lot of this show. You guys remind me a lot of superheroes, by the way. But um, Captain Blanco, um, uh. <laughs> so he's just a clue character, Mister White, I with think- the wrench in the library. I I uh, and I know White's going to feel the same too. I think there's we're probably being a little harsh on Star Wars, but when you look at 1977 if you compare star wars with the other movies it's unreal what what they did to advance um just not only story but uh special effects in movies and and how actually what an impact star wars made in uh the whole world compared to i think probably more than the marvel movies you'd have to say as far as uh being cultural impact but with the changing of hands and and the directors especially in the new ones what was the second one before the very last one? I can't remember. It's gotten so bad. I don't even care about Star Wars anymore. Well, but the- me and Sprong. There's uh, yeah, Captain we- Marvel. And it went uh, Avengers no, no, Infinity War. Star oh, Star Wars? Talking oh. about Star Wars. Well, like, there was a I actually watched. Change. The Force Sprung, Awakens and the, we watched. the Last Jedi. Yeah, We watched the latest one together, Sprunk, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, we were in the theater and I was, I remember the theater was kind of empty. Spronk was sitting one seat away and there was nice. times during the movie. Like yeah. Yeah. We were practicing social distancing before it was cool. Uh, but I, there was times in the movie where Spronk would audibly, he was just sitting there watching and he would audibly just go, 
like in the middle of the movie, you would laugh out loud at some of the things that were happening. And it wasn't even like a, this is supposed to be funny. It was like this, this epic moment or supposed to be epic moment. And Spronk is literally like openly laughing at it because he thought it was so ridiculous. I, I don't think it was laughing, but the whole first 20 minutes, I actually said out loud to White, what is going on? I'm like, is this a different series? The funny part is I, I probably remember. had an explanation for you. I just didn't do it yeah. in the movie. I, I, didn't I could have probably talked about it for 10 minutes. Take a look what Disneyland's doing, though, with Star Wars, though, right? They're, they're, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to going down and, and seeing that. And I, I don't know if they could do the same thing with a Marvel. I know they're going to have a Marvel area, but... What they've as far done, as world building, yeah, yeah, they built this world for people to go out and travel to. But Chris, you have Bronk went there actually, same trip. <laughs> oh, that okay. I'm gonna throw out there that Disney ride. What's the Millennium Falcon one? Is that that the... was bad? That, I didn't enjoy that ride at all. Uh, oh, that is so terrible. Smugglers Run. Me and Bronk were sitting yeah. there mashing buttons. We didn't know what we were doing. It's it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. It was so bad. But like, that lineup was like two hours. Not Don't get me us. wrong. Like as a massive Disney fan, I agree with Rio. Just said like they give you worlds, but. Um, I'm, I'm very torn on this, like my heart of hearts. And I think it, it is leaning to star Wars. Cause in the end, uh, I grew up on, I didn't, well, it's hard to say for me to grow up on star Wars. I was born in 86, but I watched the movies and the, the first three are like cinematic triumphs, right? The Spronk, you mentioned it, the, the lack of CGI in the first three be, to force them to create actual models and create everything around that like building r2d2 out of a trash can and actually putting a guy in a, a gold aluminum suit for and film all day like i don't think that stuff passes anymore in the film industry but um i get where marvel's coming from i i really do see how marvel created their universe and they panned it all out to play devil's advocate in all this. Is it easy to do that? Yes. Cause you're basing it off of years and years and years of comic books that you can just say, Oh, look, this is when this character came in, we can introduce them. Right. And Marvel played to that on all their end credit scenes, right? Uh, the one I think that shocked a lot of Marvel characters and Spronk, you can touch on this was what well, I forget which movie it was, but they had the duck in the end credits. And I know a lot of people wanted to see that. Who, what's the duck's name? Howard the Duck, I think. Howard the Duck, yeah. And they're like, oh my God, is a Howard the Duck movie? Like Deadpool is 100% a creation of this, of fans wanting to see the characters. And I think what Star Wars brought to all this was the fact that they're not superhuman, right? I know you can look at the Force and say, well, that's a superhuman power, but it kind of gave a lot of normal people, like Riar, you mentioned, uh, some hope. And it's like, yeah, I can kind of be that. Like I can be Han Solo. You know, I can maybe do all these things and you you choose a Rebel Alliance or maybe you're a Darth Vader fan or something like that. So I thought it brought a lot of hope to people. But I do agree that their their ways and their storytelling got a little lost. Right. The the the, the prequels were were not bad, yet people still saw them. I know I watched The Phantom Menace a ton and. um. To say that Marvel hasn't done that, it's it's hard to say. Every movie series has a flop, right? Like, and quote, I call it a flop, not based off money or anything, but one that just doesn't hit as well. I know Harry Potter's had one, right? They've all, they've, all the big ones have one. So uh, Marvel's had their fair share, but I, I agree. Like Marvel is fantastic. My heart of hearts lead to Star Wars because it's just something I get addicted to. And I go to all the opening premieres for Star Wars. I'm interested in all this stuff. Um, 
but the big thing is, and we've talked about, it, and that's where I kind of want to lead to is, is Disney, Disney took over. If you look at Marvel before Disney took over you, you have Iron Man, which was a phenomenal success, right? But then you follow it with incredible Hulk. You have Iron Man two, Thor comes around, you're getting in Captain America. Like the Avengers was the first Disney one to come out. And I want to say after that, that's when it really jumped, right? If, if Disney doesn't bring out Avengers. Yeah, they acquired Marvel Studios. Do, do they go as deep as they do? I think Disney did a really good well, job of expanding the universe of it. Right? But you also look at X-Men, you look at Fantastic Four, you look at even the the original Spider-Mans with Tobey Maguire. Like those were pre-Disney and those did not do well. Right? They're yeah, they not holding up to the Marvel universe as they are. And a lot of people that actually don't even mention them. The original right. Spider-Mans didn't do well, buddy. Those are well, those are so they did well, but in comparison to the was bad, but but we're Spider-Man, talking in comparison to all the at, like the big Marvel movies, right? And Star Wars has the same thing, but okay, a couple um, things. That Spider-Man three with Tobey Maguire is the worst movie of all time. It's the worst movie. It's the only movie I've ever been in a theater where I was like, we can go, we can walk out. This is dumb. But uh, incredible, Hulk, Toby. You, you mentioned, uh, like, they had a couple flops, but the Star Wars, I don't think any Marvel movie, I, I can't I can't think of one Marvel movie that had as bad of acting as the Star Wars prequels. Like the Jake I Lloyd. Oh, no, the Jake Lloyd kid, the whole, whoops, hey, this looks like a cool move. Whoops, and he saves the universe. He was bullied, accident. hey? There's there's a lot of articles on how he was like socially bullied for and like remo- he was forced out of acting because of that. That's he was terrible. A, yeah, I probably would have been one of those people. I'm not gonna lie, that was the worst. And I get the acting the side too. of it for sure. Like it's good that they they solidified it. to say that the like the Disney ones. I know they might have went down a different path, but they were good. They were right, yeah. so we can't argue that. And I guess Star my point. Marvel. Star Wars was. So, guys, I pulled up I pulled up the Marvel Cinematic Universe on Rotten Tomatoes here. And there's not a single one under 65%. So, they're all certified fresh. They are all pretty much every single Marvel Marvel movie has been met to a positive critical reception. Yes, but you also you're also coming at it from a a build up of like Comic-Con is the biggest thing in the world now, so you're getting a I'll lot of votes no via critics, that. Though. Right, not saying what does Star Wars have to read? What is what are the Star Wars ones? Oh, there's some below fifty for sure. If you look at the Marvel one, like their worst movie was Incredible Hulk, and that's why I say if it's canon. If you look at the guys running this stuff now, I bet you they'd be happy to say no, that Incredible Hulk didn't exist, and it's all because if you look into it, Edward Norton. Edward Norton had way too much, uh, way too much say in it, and they say that he ruined that movie, and they got rid of him right away. And he was never. Yeah, asked Star Wars has a few like, "quote unquote" rotten ones. The most recent one was rated as rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, and Star Wars Episode One was rated as rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that makes sense. But so, my question to you is: If Disney, because Disney owns both now, right? One, if Disney didn't buy Star Wars, are there the final three Star Wars that we're talking about? Right? Do we see the the Rise of Skywalker, the the Last Jedi, and uh, the what is it the force awakens or whatever right and if disney doesn't buy marvel like disney helped marvel i'm not gonna lie it did well, they're just 
they're so rich. They just pumped money into this stuff, right? Right. So, you know, do we have that? Does like Disney helped? What boggles my mind is you're Disney. You have unlimited resources. And what do they do for the Star Wars sequels? They hire three different directors for the last three movies. And they just tell the directors to kind of do their own thing. And they didn't like that. They didn't plan the sequels like Marvel planned their movies. And that was so frustrating. Yeah, but so Marvel's had different directors Jedi, for everything. No, every, but every movie Marvel, had a different they movie. were meant to stand as standalone movies, right? Mm-hmm. That's what made Marvel so good in many ways is that they were all movies that you can watch by themselves with zero context. But at the same time, they're all connecting. And that to me is really, really powerful. The fact that you have all these independent movies that are still connecting. Star Wars, they're so reliant on each other, right? But these sequels, they didn't have a plan. It was just... Okay, you make this movie, find a way to connect it to this movie, and then he makes this movie, find a way to connect it. And it got to the point where in the last one, it was just a, a lot well, of fans. that's more so on the writers, fans. right? The writers are probably going through some old comics well, that's, and stuff like that's that. That's the and, difference. Yeah. No, that's the difference is Marvel was all coordinated from the beginning, and the writers were all cooperating, where Star Wars, I don't think, especially the last three, I don't think they ever even talked to each other. I don't think the director before the... Uh, Rise of Skywalker. I don't even think they even talked yeah. to each other. So Ryan Johnson and JJ Abrams had completely yeah. different visions. Like Ryan Johnson undid a bunch of stuff that JJ Abrams did in episode seven. And then in episode nine, JJ Abrams went back and re undid those. Like it was just, it's almost like they were playing tug of war with plot points. And it was really frustrating for the sequels, in my opinion. And I still enjoyed the sequel trilogy for Star Wars, but to me, it was it was just frustrating the way it, there was a lack of coordination between the three sequel movies, yeah. in my opinion. So, Riar, if if you're walking in, so you get that phone call. You mentioned you got that phone call from your son. You're you get another phone call and saying, "Hey, they're releasing the very first three Star Wars," or you have the option of seeing the avenger movies which one are you seeing so you you can either see the first three star wars or you can see the avengers right the avengers, I see, I see the avengers. ultron you're choosing the avengers the avengers and i won't even throw in like i could mess you guys up because i also would love to t- talk about the born series because that's a great series hey oh we can we can talk about that i know spronk and i want to talk about you want to talk about going to movies on opening day? Spronk and I went to the most recent Mission Impossible on opening day. We saw it on IMAX. I think we bought a D-Box seat. Yeah, uh, yeah we did, did he? Oh, I'm a, yeah, I'm a huge Mission Impossible guy. Tom Cruise, man. No, no I, I'd go I'd go for the marble. And, um, but, you know, when they come on TV now, I can get, I can get stuck watching them. And that's, that's a, for both series. I can just see them both. All right, so I think uh, I think you kind of saw our consensus. I think we all kind of lean towards Marvel. I know I I would just won't let it die. I like Star Wars too much. It's it's too fantastic. But Riar, you brought up a good point, and I think you know what? If we didn't want to have a, a four hour long podcast episode, we could probably still talk about this. So we might touch on it in the future. But we are going to transfer into our new segment. You're the second person to do this. We did this with Miss Litursky. And uh, it went over so well that we're going to do it with you. It is called This or That. So I'll let White take it over from here. Okay, yeah, I'm going to start the ticker. You get to, you have, uh, you can choose one option or the other. You can offer no context to your answer. You must choose one. Then we move on to the next one. We may criticize your choices after, but in the moment, you just answer based on the two options I present to you. Okay, sound good? 
Sounds great. You ready? Okay, let's start the ticker, and here we go. Uh, Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Seahawks or Cardinals? Seahawks. Starbucks or Tim Hortons? Starbucks. Fruits or veggies? Veggies. Bagels or toast? Toast. Mr. Johnston or Mr. Hempel? Mr. Hempel. Sweet or salty? Again, Mr. Hempel. Sweet. <laughs> uh, mountains or the beach? The beach. Friends or Seinfeld? Seinfeld. Burger King or McDonald's? McDonald's. Red sauce or white sauce on pizza? You need to stop asking that question. <laughs> Taco Bell or Taco Time? Taco Bell. Raptors or Blue Jays? Oh, tough one. I'll go. Uh, I'll go Raptors. Jordan or Blue LeBron? Jays. Blue Jays. I have no. I have Blue Jays. I'd watch Blue Jays. Yeah. Go ahead. Jordan. Jordan or LeBron? LeBron. Yeah. And uh, Spronk, Buffy, or White? Spronk and Buffy. Oh, geez. yeah, that's the correct answer. Jeez. How do you? All how right. You, you okay, just do you want to break down any of those answers? Yeah, you just mentioned that you watched the whole uh, last dance, and you still pick LeBron. Jordan yeah, I was is, shocked by that Jordan, one. Jordan is an outstanding, the best, maybe the best basketball player during his era of all time. I think it's a different challenge nowadays. I think they hit it on. I think it's a different challenge with the Eagles that have come into play in sports. Jordan did teach LeBron. Jordan did teach Kobe how to compete. And, and nobody, I don't know if these guys get there without Jordan, without a doubt. Without him in the league coming up and showing people that what you need to do and how do you need to compete. Um, I thought it was a great series. I, it was very, it was really interesting to see his emotions on how it is. What I was reading today and what I saw earlier, and I'm really happy. I want to find out more about Steve Kerr and his coaching philosophy. I think this that there's a there's a, a person who's done a wonderful job, and uh, there's a social study story for you too. Hey, White with his dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. know that yeah, about yeah, his dad. Really sad the way that happened. Yeah, um, so. and he actually talks about it when he does interviews, and and it's actually formulated a lot of the way he thinks about politics. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I agree with you, Rio. That that episode that he talked about with Kerr, I almost kind of want to see a spinoff of. I wouldn't actually mind seeing a spinoff of like the Kerr story, and I kind of get a lot of it from the Jordan one. But it was it it would be. I'd like to see his coaching side and see if that developed anything from the Bulls or anything from that. Well, I'd he, love to see a documentary on the Warriors. I really would. I know that's kind of cliche to say, but I I that team is fascinating. I think Kerr had a lot to do with it. He, he kept those guys together, similar to how Jackson kept his team together. Yeah. And Pat Riley's another one who took Eagles and, and figured out how, how to work with it. And that's basically everything you need to do. You mentioned it earlier with the uh, Star Wars about how those guys couldn't figure out how to work. Here's a chance with that franchise near the beginning. And, you know, they had a great franchise in the middle, the, the middle sections and they could have done well, but they couldn't work together and have a plan. And I think Marvel somehow figured out that's teamwork right there. And same with the dynasties in basketball. They figured out what you need. You know, nobody had to tell Rodman he was wrong for leaving. But it was about the win. Could you do that in high school? Could you could you have those kind of things in high school and college sports? Probably not. 
it's a limited time. You're dealing with kids for two or three years. And so you need that discipline and stuff like that. But it's a great series. It's a great series. Um, I, I watched it. I, I recommend people watch it. I think it really shows you what being a leader could be like for you. So, yeah, even if you're not a basketball fan, uh, I think it's, it is like one of the probably better things Netflix has done. Um, but uh, I, you noticed, yeah, I'm, I like what you said earlier. You mentioned Seinfeld. That's a win. Um, you went with Blue Jays. I threw the Raptors Blue Jays one in there just to see. And I also threw in the Seahawks uh, cards one in there because I know you're a big Fitz guy. Um, but it, I know your your I think your team is the Seahawks, which you answered that correctly. So, well, 1976, they started, and we got cable TV, and that's when I started watching them. I thought it was. Um, the Seinfeld one's an interesting one. One show that you guys probably didn't see was Cheers. I'm not sure if you guys yeah, watched I got, Cheers. I've, I've been to Cheers. I went to Cheers in Boston. And and to me, that was like – <laughs> Went to a sitcom? No, there's the like there, the bar Cheers is an actual bar in Boston, and that's what it's based off of. People my age should be – the choice should be Cheers or Seinfeld, not the Friends, Friends one. Because Friends was okay, but I never came home to watch Friends at – you know, but to watch – Seinfeld to watch Cheers was was big time. Well, did you listen last week? Uh, Letursky said Mash. Yeah, it's it's an interesting show. And I've watched. I tried to rewatch some of it recently, and it's, it's different. The it's the worst yeah, reruns. It, it was it was something we did. You know, the family would get together. Every episode seemed the same with Mash to me. Like just oh. people talking in a tent. <laughs> During the Korean War. <laughs> you know what's interesting about this, kind of, this pandemic is we're home with our families more. And back in the day, on Friday night, it was, hang on, wait for it, Love Boat and Fantasy Island. The families would gather to watch those shows on a Friday night, and it'd be like at 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock. And that's what it was. And, and Friday night television was huge because there was nobody was going out. And you sit at home and there's nothing else to do. And um, so maybe the people are reconnecting to different TV shows now. Maybe they'll come back and be a little bit better. Oh, for sure. I think uh, it's funny. I think we're going to come full circle with this streaming stuff right now where street Netflix, Amazon, all this, all these streaming services are forcing people to drop cable, but give it a few years. I think it's going to come back into a cable box of just streaming services. So it's, it's just all going to come around to, hey, look, I got cable, but it's just Netflix and Amazon. It's kind of like Apple TV. Anyways, uh, Riar, thank you for being a guest this week. Uh, just hanging out, talking some good sports stuff, some school stuff. I think a lot of kids are going to enjoy what you had to say about school. Uh, I know Spronk and White uh, enjoy the Marvel Star Wars talk. They could probably talk about that for hours. But anything you want to add before you go? Hey, and you know what? I know you have a lot of listeners and hope you guys continue to get more. I think it's a great thing you guys are doing for our kids, keeping them connected. Um, I think we need to stay connected to Strathcona as students and teachers and uh, keep up the good work. It's a lot of fun. I, um, a lot of fun listening to you guys. And I, and I do miss hanging out with you guys. That's one of the things, we, uh, the thing it's just even popping down. I walk down to the phys ed office and I look inside and it's dark and it's clean for the first time ever, but it's dark and, and nobody's there. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Can I listen on for uh, white hot takes? 
Oh no! That, our white yeah. hot take was replaced by the Marvel Star Wars. Yeah, that, that's thing. the whole white hot take. You, you can okay. stay on. We do have a couple emails to read. Uh, remember, yeah. our our listeners love sending in emails, and we actually got a couple this week. One one once again from our uh, super fan. Apparently, I called her a loyal Laurel listener, but she's a loyal listener. We got one from Zoe again. Um, she talked about how she really enjoys Seinfeld. So keep going on those Seinfeld episodes, send in another email. I'll actually give you some tips of which are my favorite. Um, and then we got one from Lindsay white. Do you want to read that one? Uh, well, it made it sound like you said Lindsay white, no Lindsay. (laughs) Yeah. From Lindsay. Uh, she, uh, she basically said that she'd like to see more hockey talk. She wants to see Mr. McKady on the podcast. Talk about hockey. And she predicts that we will have 1,000 listeners by September 2020. That's a a bold prediction. That's a hot take right there. (laughs) That That is is a hot take. take. You know what, though? That's the white hot take of the day right there. And I think we have a a huge guy in our corner here with Mr. Riar as I would like to see this continue on until next year. Like, I'm going to continue doing it over the summer. I I hope uh, Spronk and White, you guys are down and I... Riar, maybe you can be the first to kind of start this movement, but I think we can make this our daily bulletin over time. So that we we were just record a daily podcast of our daily bulletin, and teachers can okay, just well, put it on I've, put it I've, on the 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 speakers in their classrooms. Buffy, some of us have actual work to do. When no, you don't. Starts, you don't so. have any work to yeah, do. Yeah, Buffy, strong. you've and suggested the daily podcast idea before. I I just don't know if I have the time, real estate, to do that. No, you have it to read out our daily bulletin. Come on. Be fantastic. I think, uh, I think we wrap this up soon, but I just want to say to Zoe, uh, I did give a shout out to your mom, but White keeps cutting me off uh, on the outros. So maybe our outro today could be uh, could be Ria talking about not vaping at grad. <laughs> if you could give us the service message for. Also, Zoe, we are working on those T-shirts for you. Spronk, how's our Sport Factor sponsor coming? Uh, are we making Fizet and Friends t-shirts that say sponsored by Sport Factor on the sleeve or what? Yeah, uh, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll have to see. Probably not. <laughs> Sport Factor, if you're listening, uh, reach out to us. If Riyar's pre- or if, or if uh, Lindsay's prediction comes true, then we'll definitely get a shirt. for. Oh, I, I'd wear a shirt. But Anyways, Riyar, I think you're, uh, you're our send-off here. Oh. Well, thank you very much, boys. It's, it's a pleasure. Listen, kids, time, time to finish your work, and we'll see you for sure in the fall. Mm-hmm.